Hello and welcome to episode 17 from us at the Inside Forward. It's me, Kieran, again, joined by my brother, Roshan. And today we have another special guest. It's Jonty, Tottenham fan. Welcome to the show, mate. Thanks, man. Uh, glad to be here. Happy to have a, a nice discussion with you guys. Yeah, yeah, it's good to have you on, mate. It's, uh, it's been a while since we've been able to go to the pub, have a beer and uh, mock each other's teams. <laughs> but uh, here we are. Um, quick catch up, guys, before we go on to the weekend. Um, the FA Cup's currently going on and Tottenham are one nil up. So Jonty's going to be pretty happy during this Zoom call, if that remains. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah uh, Man City beat Swansea earlier. Leicester Brighton nil nil currently after an hour. Yesterday, Man United beat West Ham in extra time and Burnley were knocked out by Bournemouth. But again, a very rested team. A um, couple more FA Cup games tomorrow, Wolves, Southampton and Barnsley, Chelsea. Uh, but the FA Cup, again, I think is one of those ones we've discussed before. Teams will only start really taking it serious once in the, probably the semis. Um, so we're getting there soon. And quite a few big teams are still there, so it's all going to be interesting. Pep played quite a strong team today, but that squad is stacked, so it's quite easy for him to play a play a strong team. Jonty, you uh, you need a cup. You want a couple of Tottenham fans who have been on have said you'll take anything at them as it is. Is that your same with you? I think um, I make them right in a way because it's been so long. We don't really want to. Uh, have another year without a trophy um, and we need to make sure that we made the, the right decision to take Jose on because um, as much as uh, his football isn't really appealing and I can speak for probably 95% of the fans that don't like to watch um, every week the way that we defend from the get-go um, I think in this stage if it's only like a, a couple of years that we're going to have him if he can bring in a trophy or two even if it's the domestic cups it will just lift the um, the the whole different dim dimension of the of the team, and um, yeah, I, I think it will put us on the map in terms of a couple of trophies. We won't get the stick from the Arsenal fans that we normally do. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I'll make them right. Um, if I see us winning um, a domestic cup, whether it's the League Cup or the, the FA Cup, I know we're in a final, which is great, um, and we got a good record against City. Um, which uh, we'll touch on as well. Hopefully, uh, the, the best this season. Yeah, yeah. Well, everyone likes to win trophies as long. Uh, as... This is bad timing, Jonty. But after you've said all of that about winning a trophy, Everton have just equalised me. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. this, is the, this is the this is the Mourinho method, isn't it? Go one up and sit back. So now you won all, you probably go for it again. To be fair, it's quite been quite a lively game. You lot look quite good, so I can see you coming back into it. Yeah, uh, FA Cup aside, uh, another cup tournament back next week, and it's the Champions League. We haven't really spoke too much about the Champions League on this show, but it's it's back. There are some there are some fixture changes uh, regarding the venue. Um, the first one I think got announced last week was Leipzig versus Liverpool. Uh, not allowed to enter Germany, so the first leg will be played in Budapest. Manchester City are meant to be playing Gladbach in Germany. That's now moved to Budapest as well. And the third one that's been moved is Atletico versus Chelsea. That's now being played in Bucharest. 
I think previously that was to be played in Athens, but then Greece changed their COVID rules, so they had to reschedule that again. A uh, bit of a madness. But Europa League's got a couple of same issues. Arsenal versus Benfica are now playing in Rome. Sociedad versus Man United are now playing in uh, Juventus in Turin. And Mould versus Hoffenheim are playing in Villarreal Stadium in Spain. A couple of, a couple of people have said it this week, including... It's good in Pep, actually. He's saying about how the fans are affecting the results. He was, Pep said how when Liverpool went one all in the game the other night where we eventually lost 4-1, he said, if that's one all with fans, basically, you're going to be under the cosh. The Anfield, Anfield, Anfield Raw will get behind their boys and, you know, it changes the course of the match. But everyone's in the same boat. And I guess it just... I guess it just takes something away from the game overall. So it is a bit strange having fixtures in neutral venues, but I guess it's not that strange considering the the, the place we find ourselves in right now in terms of the pandemic and football, I guess, just as a side distraction. But there are some juicy ties there. Barcelona PSG again. I think but PSG would, uh, would do a lot better this time. What do you think, Rush? Yeah, P- PSG are always one of them that look quite lively at the start of it. But it's whether they can... I mean, they've, there's, there's a lot of change this year with their team. So they've lost their experienced players and obviously new manager. So I'm going to say that they'll be there or thereabouts in the semis, but I don't think they'll go the whole way. Yeah, fair enough. Barcelona obviously going through some transition as well. Losing Luis Suarez to Atletico Madrid, who are absolutely flying in the league, looks like a big mistake. Uh, the other match on Tuesday, I'll run through them quickly, is uh, Leipzig versus Liverpool. Uh, on the Wednesday, we've got Porto Juventus. Uh, Sevilla Dortmund should be a bit of a cracker. The week after that, we've got Atletico Madrid and Chelsea. First leg should be tasty, uh, really tasty. Uh, and the other one on the Tuesday, let's go by Munich. Bayern Munich's looking good again. And then on the Wednesday, we've got Atlanta versus Real Madrid and Borussia Mönchengladbach versus Man City. So, um, yeah, Champions League gets going again and uh, exciting again. As we were, as I was saying, that Everton have just swung it round 2-1 now. Uh, yeah, that is a lively one, isn't it? Three goals in the first half. It's good to see um, both of you quite strong teams out. So, it's uh, I guess the FA Cup... People are just writing off the league already with Man City doing so well. FA Cup, kind of the one to go for now. I think with the way the league sits nowadays, I said it last year, it didn't quite pan out that way. Um, but I think with the competitiveness of the sort of, it's no longer a traditional top four. I think it's these domestic cups will mean even more to managers and the, and the players themselves because winning one thing is so hard, you know, like, I know people talk about uh, Liverpool last year, City flopped this year, they'll talk about the, the other. But in reality, only one team can win it. So, you know, it doesn't matter if you're one point off or ten points off. It's not easy to win things in England. And these FA Cups and Carabao Cups are becoming more important, especially for managers sort of keeping their jobs. Yeah, the financial reward as well. It is quite small. Oh, it's just gone 3-1. It is oh. quite small, the financial reward um, <laughs> of the domestics. But with the fans, but with the fans at the stadiums, obviously, any any cash injection is going to help. But um, 
Yeah, sorry about that, John. Three one there. Just coming up to half time. Uh, not a lot we can do there. I think. I think. Um, you guys are right in terms of uh, having a trophy in the cabinet is definitely something that's going to make you a bit of money during this pandemic. It's uh, going to raise the profile of the team and it's just going to get the fans going, you know, because um, it is a strange time. You know, the fans can't go and, and go to the pub and celebrate with their mates or go to any games. Um, so uh, as long as, you know, you can celebrate from home and watch it on TV to see your, your team lift up a trophy, it doesn't really matter what trophy it is. Um, it's just to keep that, you know, that happiness there, because we all know that football is the main religion in the world. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's true, mate. I think football is definitely becoming the number one if it wasn't before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, okay, okay, fair enough. There's um, Let's roll on to fantasy football, guys. Jonty, you're, um, you're up there. You're up there in the league. You've been having a couple of good weeks in a row. Last week wasn't your best. But, yeah, I know you're a big fantasy football player. You take your time to look at it every week. So I was going to pick your, pick your brain to see what, uh, what deals you can get me because I'm sitting on top, but I'm running out of ideas. Yeah. No, um, you're, you're doing really well, Keir, to be fair. Um, you've, you've had that top spot for a, a few weeks now. And um, even though there's only about 40-odd 40 40 points between first and fifth or first and fourth, um, I think, yeah, I, I've been uh, an avid fan of the Fantasy Football League ever since I was in school. And I've just got better over the last few years. I've made it like, it's like, I'm in a few leagues, including our big league, where it is competitive. We can win a bit of cash. So we like to, um, what basically, I open the app every day. Uh, I see how much my team's worth. I see who's, who's going in, who's going out, injuries, the, the lot. It's like being a, a real-time manager, but, uh, just with your mates, so there is that buzz about it. Um, what can I say? Uh, for I mean, I took Kane out because everybody was just like, oh no, he's out for weeks and weeks and weeks. And lo and behold, he comes back and scores after one week. And it, <laughs> it's just so, <laughs> so typical, Josie and, and Pep as well. And I've been pepped. We always have this inside joke, but I've been proper pepped the last few weeks um, <laughs> with... Uh, with 59 minute substitutions to City's back line. I don't know. Like it, it gets stupid. Um, but from from what I can see, I, I think United, um, they've got a couple of players that are key. Um, I think Cavani is a massive uh striker to to put in in the in the next few weeks as well. I think they got West Brom and Newcastle the next two games. Um, he can definitely bang yeah. in a couple. Um, and uh, if you can afford uh, Rashford and probably take out um, one of the Liverpool midfielders that are not performing at the moment, like either Mane or, or um, Salah is always a, a mainstay, to be fair. He's still in my team, um, but you just don't know when he's going to perform um, because the team's obviously not going at 100% uh, as they used to. So, yeah, I would definitely pick out Cavani and Rashford as, as uh, two that I would bring in. Yeah, good shout out Cavani, man. Um, one... The big question over the Cavani sign is, does he start every game? That's That's been my fear of bringing him in. Like, does Martial play? Does Cavani play? Do they both play? Rashford's nailed on to start usually in the league, as is Bruno Fernandes. Yeah, he's it's United are definitely on the ascendancy from the past few years. Um, this year, their fantasy players are definitely worth having a look. Their defence is a bit better as well. Wan-Bissaka's getting a lot of points which is strange every time I watch him play. 
he gets a bit of a nosebleed when he goes into the second half of the field. But he's been he's been doing a few bits this year. Everyone knows his tackling's good, but yeah, he's been doing a bit better up front, basically. I think that's the part of the game he has to add if he wants to nail down that England's number one spot at right back. Um, yeah, Salah, that is the conundrum, isn't it? He's the big money boy. At the moment, everyone sold Kevin De Bruyne because of his injury. But if you want to free up some fans, Salah is probably the way to go. But he takes all the penalties. He scores most of Liverpool's goals. It is hard to 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 take him out. What's that? 3-2? Three, 3-2. Two. Three, two. Wow. Go Five on. goals in the first half. Um, Lamella, maybe. I think it might have been. Uh, yeah, it looks like Lamella. Nice little one too. So, um, yeah, well, so with the fantasy, it's getting to that point in the season where catching people is really hard. Um, I started with a bit of a shocker down the down the bottom of the table, and I've been on a I've been on a mad climb. I've gone up six places in about four weeks or so. The double game week, I used my wild card to good effect and since then I've been doing okay um, but the problem is everyone's obviously got the same sort of candidates uh, Sun, Bruno, Salah at the moment it's not KDB it's Sterling and Gundogan um, with uh, like Justin at the back and stuff like that so it's getting tougher and tougher really for me to make any more ground up um, to be fair my season was probably a write off uh, 15 weeks in but yeah I I guess it as uh, being at the top though, it's, with everyone sort of having similar teams, it's hard to get moved. You know what? I I've been on top now. I think it's about three or four game weeks, and I'm not enjoying it because I'm I'm getting scared to make a change. Now I'm like, ah, oh, I got the same <laughs> midfield. I got a couple of same defenders. I can't really pull away. So last week I, I made I took a risk. I put in Mendy and Rudiger. In, in goal and defence, Rudiger gets an own goal and takes away obviously the clean sheet away from both. I thought if that paid off, that would have been a nice, a nice, uh, a nice result. That, but it didn't. And um, yeah, cost off, uh, cost off switching too much, I guess. But Calvert Lewin also sat on my bench. I thought they'd struggle away against um, away against Man United, but lo and behold, man of the match. Goal and exactly. assist, exactly the same. Points, three bonus Sorry. points. Yeah, yeah, sickening. Yeah. But Bamford's Bamford's been Bamford's been brilliant. I didn't have him from the beginning. I had him in my draft team in a different league, but I didn't have Bamford from the beginning. But I put him in about five, five, six game weeks ago, and he, he just keeps scoring, man. That goal against Leicester, I'm still shocked no one really spoke about it. Absolute banger! Like you've got to have some real confidence to hit that like that. He's a baller. He's an absolute baller. Um, I think there's a couple of players in the Leeds team. Rafinha, for one. Actually, if you if you heard Bamford's um, interview uh, after the last game uh, where they won two 0 uh, he really mm. like said tonight. Anyone who's looking at this player, like uh, I don't even know why he's at our club. He's so good, um, kind of thing. And with all the respect as well, he, he wouldn't just put the the team down. But he said you can see from the first moment he comes on into the training field, first week we were just like wow. Like, um, so yeah. you know that he's a big baller. And um, yeah, I, I really like Bamford. I could, I got a lot of time for Bielsa. The way they play the game the right way. Um, yes, that they concede lots of goals, but that is pure entertainment watching watching the way that they play. And 
I know Roche had um, a few ums and ahs in the beginning of the the season when he he was the only one on the planet who weren't enjoying it. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, over to you, Roche. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, it might just be when I tune in, they don't do what they um, what they're meant to do, and have let me down on a few acres as well. So I'm probably a bit sour about that. <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're, they're a fun team to watch. They play one way and they don't change for anyone. Like they're up into, what, 10th now? Yeah. They finished top half. Absolutely brilliant. Like, mm. Absolutely brilliant. Because they're not, they, it's not like they've had a few early wins and set up there and hung on. Their form's been pretty consistent so far throughout, winning by a few or losing by a few, but playing the same way. And they're, they're, yeah, they're, they're just above Arsenal there. They're doing well. And they're doing really well. And there's there are, I know there have been talks of someone taking over. Um, so if they get a bit of cash injection, these could be could be bang up in the in the European places in years to come. But obviously that's speculation. A lot a lot can happen. All right, let's talk about I was looking at the double game week, John T. And I know a lot obviously Man City got two games. They're away against Everton on the second one. And they're home against Spurs on the first one. So we'll get into that in a moment. But Burnley, Burnley got a double game week. They're home against Fulham in the midweek game. But on the first game, they're away against Palace. Uh, I, think, I think I'm not the only one seeing it, but you could get at least one clean sheet there. Uh, could be yeah. worth bringing in Nick, Nick Pope, maybe. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think the defence is where you need to look at um, when you've got teams like Burnley. And and Palace even um, or any any sort of team down the bottom that are fighting for their lives where they know that they've got a really solid backline uh, you know a um, an organised backline as well and and Daesh is going to have an organised team so I, I think players like me um, who you know um, who are cheap enough really to bring in even if you were to use uh, your bench boost if you still have it um, just put me on the bench um, and use it I, I think uh, will be pretty decent. Uh, Pope is a, a shot stopper, um, so that's an idea. But um, yeah, I, I think there, with regards to captaining, I think there's a lot better options um, with City and Everton, um, even though they play uh, difficult teams and they're playing each other as well. Um, both of them have got uh, double game weeks and it, it might be worth chancing um, with one of their midfielders. Yeah, Everton playing Fulham on, sun, uh, on Saturday. Sorry, on Sunday, and then they got Man City midweek after that. But Dominic Calvert-Lewin, I mean, I thought his goals would stop, but they keep coming. I guess it'd be silly, you'd be silly not to have him in your team for the double game week, especially against Fulham, where was it three-two they won early in the season? In the first half, they had a field day. Yeah, yeah, you, you could see, you can see him back on this the score sheet again. Rose, who are you looking at? Who are you eyeing up for the double game week for the well, I, I had the same thoughts as you. I've got Bernie, Fulham, Everton, City written down and um, Fulham and Everton obviously play each other. Um, Man City is Man City, so everyone's going to throw those players in. Um, but yeah, Bernie for me, I was thinking, could I get one of their fullbacks in? Or I was looking at um, McNeil as well. I thought he's a winger for them. He takes all their set pieces, I believe, as well. Quite a decent number of set pieces for them. And he can nick a goal. So, yeah, either him or one of the centre-backs, probably, I think, could be a good shout. As you say, all you need is one one clean sheet and 
a couple of points. And if you get eight points from the defender, you're you're pretty happy with that, I'd imagine. So, yeah, I think Burnley team could be one to look at. I was looking at Vidra, but then he started last night. So I'm guessing Chris Wood may be back. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, City Boy is probably the ones to look at. And obviously, Dominic Calvert-Lewin um, against Fulham, he could easily get two. I reckon. And even against City, if City are cruising and it could be a set piece or something messy, he could be the one to pick up the scraps there. So I think it's uh, he, he's definitely one to at least have in your team. From a captain point of view, I've, I've uh, narrowed it down to Raheem Sterling. I think he will I think he'll be the difference in these games um, against Spurs and Everton. But I'm sure, um, you know, uh, Gundogan or Foden, you know, equal kind of shout and I'm sure loads of people will be captaining them as well yeah I'm looking at Foden um, I'm looking at Ben Me, all the players you've named really guys I guess this year's fantasy football with uh, being in lockdown everyone's have got a bit more time to focus on it but uh, anyone looking at any Fulham players they've got double game week I know they're playing Everton and Burnley any, nah, anyone not really nah. I think Fulham are obviously missing a massive part. I mean, if Parker was not on the bench or managing, if he was in the the team, I think they'll he'll get them right going. Um, I I just think that they're missing a little bit for them. They don't. They have a couple of standout players, but they don't score enough. Um, and they don't uh, make really any clean sheets either. They don't keep any clean sheets. So, I think my captain's is going for the the player that has been a star over the last few weeks and that's Gundogan. Uh, I think he's been absolutely brilliant. He, even though he missed a pen, he's involved in everything. Um, and KDB's um, not being involved. It's just allowed him to just come into his own. And uh, yeah, he's my captain for the, for the double game week. Yeah, he's breaking those midfield lines, isn't he? It's hard to pick up. Um, playing very well. Very, very well. He's got a bit of confidence now. Everything he hits kind of hits the back end, apart from that penalty. Um Let's talk about um, who've your bargains of the season been so far. I think Suchek, I think that's going to be in everyone's mind when it comes to bargain of the season. Hoiberg for Tottenham, I know you think he's one of the best signings of the year, but maybe not a fantasy player just because he's more of a deep line player. He doesn't get his, obviously, the big clean sheet bonus off a defender and he doesn't take set pieces, so you don't really get too many assists. Although he did... Get an assist the other day and a goal against Liverpool. Uh, any other any other bargains, Chanty? Um, uh, we've we've said about Bamford. Um, I signed him for five point seven million. Uh, he's worth six point seven million now, and he's got wow. one hundred and thirty points. Um, wow. I've also had, I think, yeah, Gundogan as well. I got him for probably five point four million. He's now six million. Um, and uh, yeah, a couple of the Chelsea defend, uh, sorry, not Chelsea, a couple of the City defenders um, that were cheap that weren't even in a mention like Stones. Uh, he was about four and a half million in the beginning of the season. Uh, he's probably comfortably got another 60 odd points just in the last, you know, seven or eight game weeks. Um, so yeah, they're, they're probably the standouts for me. Bro, have you got any, uh, any bargains you'd like? Yeah, I think um, Justin uh, Leicester, I think he's been one of the bargains of the year. If you, if you got him in early enough, um, he's obviously that 
sort of four point something price picking up a bargain who gets points consistently is a real bargain, I think. So yeah, him obviously um Gundogan that John T said. Um I've quite happy with him. I got him in right like really before the start of his mad run. Um so it's always nice to catch one of them because you know everyone's gonna jump on it, but getting a few weeks head start of him scoring was nice. Um yeah, I've been like John T, I've had Bamford in there for the majority of the season. So I can't I don't know what price I got him at, but maybe not as cheap as John T, but a few only a few notches more. Uh, Suchek's a bit of a sore subject. Uh, I I can't get him in my team now. It's just too late and he keeps getting points. So I was happy to see him red carded, even though it's overturned. Uh, and these players' points won't be overturned, so I'm happy about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, one more, actually. One more. Striker, Oli Watkins. I think he's turning into a bit of a season bargain. Um, I'm probably a bit late with it, but I was contemplating bringing him in this week. Yeah, I was going to say about uh, Aston Villa, actually. Obviously, Grealish doing very well again. Not that cheap, but still still fairly cheap. Um, and like you said, Rose, James Justin in defence. He's played every single 90 minutes of the season so far. Like, for a guy who didn't really play at all before that, Brendan's really trusting him and he's taking his chance. Every time I see him play, I'm like, oh, the kid looks good. Like, he looks like a good player. There's no no two ways about it. So good for him, and maybe he'll get in the, get close to the to the England squad in the next few years. Um, another one, Creswell. I think he's got the most points as a defender in the game. Uh, West Ham, obviously doing very well under Moyes, but Ogbonna got injured yesterday in the FA Cup versus Man United and was taken off in the first half. If that if that's a big injury, that could be a serious concern. But we have to see see if he's back and how long he's out for, sort of thing. Because he's been he's been brilliant for West Ham this season. Um, okay, fair enough. I think I think we leave the fantasy football there, guys. I think this week I'll be putting Salah as captain. Enough messing about. Like condolences to Klopp's mum, by the way. Obviously, she passed away, and I think the lads will want to do something nice for Klopp. So I think a free three points on Saturday, twelve uh, thirty kickoff would be nice. Yeah, put a little smile on his face. But we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, let's let's get on to the fixtures, guys. Let's have a look at what we've got this weekend. It's a lot to get through, so let's uh, crack on with it. Uh, the early kickoff, as I just mentioned, is Leicester versus Liverpool. And the Foxes are going very well again. This time last year, doing the same thing, weren't they? Just winning most of their games, playing good football, and getting three points most of the time. They do struggle with playing against the top teams. Um, but that's only because... I think the budget, you look at some of the top teams, the quality of players is a lot better. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna, I'm not going to mess about it. I'm going for a Liverpool 3-0 win. And uh, over to you, John T. Wow. I'm, uh, I had something completely different written down. <laughs> I mean, that, that's confidence, 3-0 Liverpool. But I can't, just the way that it's going, um, you know, even though Liverpool are not playing at home, um, to have three defeats in in a row after three years of being the most ruthless and formidable team uh, the Premier League has seen in a long time. Um, I, I'm giving Leicester props here. I'm going for a 1-1. Um, it is sitting on the fence, but uh, Rodgers has got them playing and very organised. Um, I think Fofana has been an, an amazing um, center, you know, player for, for them at the back. Uh, Justin, as we mentioned as well, has been uh, outstanding. Um, and I just think that there's a bit of trouble 
with with Vardy's Vardy coming back as well, a bit of pace uh, and Madison, uh, for, you know, pulling the strings. I just think at centre back, there's there's going to be issues um, for the Liverpool back line, and I can't see a, a clean sheet at all. Um, but yeah, I'm going for one one. Um, and in my heart of hearts, I could see a little shock um, just because, uh, yeah, I'm Leicester are good enough. No, no, that's a fair assessment, mate. Like, yeah, I'm only going for 3-0 win because I think we need to bounce back and we have done over the years. But, but yeah, if we don't win, it wouldn't be a massive surprise. We're in a bad bit of form at the moment and obviously quite a few missing. Yeah, how do you see this one, Roche? Uh, similar to yourself, um, agree with John T. I can't see a clean sheet for us. That's why I've gone 3-1 Liverpool. Uh, I, th- I just think this is the sort of team we like to play against. I know they've uh, sat deeper at times this year, but that's not their natural game. These, you know, they don't, they're not used to sitting back and digging deep like a Burnley um, sort of team would. So if they do sit back, I fancy um, us to just smash them. If they come out at us, I fancy us to smash them. So either way, 3-1 Liverpool, dominant Liverpool display. Um, obviously, they got Vardy back, Ndidi back. Those two played 60 minutes tonight or 60-odd minutes. So that's a big boost for them. And Vardy's always going to be dangerous on the counter. You know, he's always a problem, especially in big games. He loves it. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm fancying a Trent goal as well. Uh, I think he's been playing really well. I thought he, he was really good against City as well. Um, created the biggest chance in the first half with um, skinning the fullback uh, of Man City and whipping the ball in. And yeah, I just think there's lots to take from our City city performance. Uh, I know nowadays all you hear is what depends on the scoreline, but I thought we was the better team in the first half. Uh, city didn't have a shot on target in that period. And they had, well, they blazed over from the penalty spot. And um, yeah, overall, I thought we, we um, you know, the narrative was they pressed better, but actually we won the ball um, more times than they did in the opposition half. We won it 12 times in their half. They won it eight times in ours. Uh, we out, outpassed them, which is very rare for a team to do. Um, so yeah, I was quite encouraged by what I saw up until the 70th minute where unfortunately Alisson just had, had a moment um, that you can't really plan for or can't really say anything about is a great goalkeeper and he just had uh, a bit of madness happen. I think all Liverpool fans will be quick to um, forgive him and move on. But yeah, I've, I fancy us to to pick up here and uh, get a win, get rid of these uh, three losses that we've had recently. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, the Man City display was encouraging. Bad scoreline in the end, but... I think everyone's forgiven early as soon as it happens, to be honest. But yeah, let's move on. We've got a three o'clock kickoff on Saturday. Crystal Palace versus Burnley. Not one I will be watching. Uh, Palace, their form is just, it just hasn't come back, has it? Um, They're winning the odd game, but they're not playing exciting stuff like they were early in the season. Zaha missing is obviously a big miss. And Eze is probably not... Without, without Zaha, he's probably not getting the runner to play that ball to, that, that killer ball that he often does. Burnley, on the other hand, yeah, they're, they're a mixed bag, aren't they? they? You know what you get. And I expect the ball to be in the air a lot during this match. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for a 1-1 draw in a game that won't be too exciting. I don't think uh, anyone would disagree. Roche, what you got for this? 
Yeah, that's a, I've got this written down as a one all. Um, both teams not known for their attacking expansive football. And Zaha have got a big, big uh, problem without... Sorry, Palace have got a big problem without Zaha and the team. I think he's still out. Uh, I doubt he'll be back from his hamstring injury. Um, and yeah, I mean, no Zaha, no Palace was something Archway said on the show earlier on in the season. And there's nothing further from the truth, really. But not only that, Palace, um, Palace are missing quite a few here. They've got Tomkins, Sacco out and Ward. So that's three of their possible starting defenders. And then they've got um, MacArthur and McCarthy in midfield out and Slup, as well as the Zaha injury. So they've got quite a few missing to, yeah. to you know, so expect, you know, kind of expected that they're not their best at the moment. And Burnley have quite a few missing as well. So I think these uh, injuries are catching up on these smaller squads now. Um, I think we're really starting to see it. Uh, you know, we're seeing a lot of uh, kids on the bench, or sometimes not even full benches. Uh, so I'm not. I'm really not expecting a game of quality here. Um, if Palace, if someone nicks it, I think it's Palace, and I'm going to say Eze will make the difference. But I'm quite confident this will be a dull one-all draw. Chanty. Uh, yeah, more of the same. It's going to be dull. Um, it is Zaha or nothing, pretty much. Um, if Zaha's fit, Palace win. Um, Zaha and Eze, as you said, combine really well. And they're the standout players for Palace. Um, Burnley, I just can't see them scoring. Um, I don't think they've got enough. Um, and you know what? I fear for them. I think they can go down this year. Uh, this is... This is the first time that I've actually thought they could go down, even though they've been in trouble before. They now, like McNeil, is their only standout player. Um, it, it seems um, so. I just, yeah, I don't think anyone will um, be sad if they go down in the nicest possible way because playing in midweek against Burnley away is just a bit of a horror show. Yeah, so um, yeah, I, I'll go for a, I'll go for a one nil Palace win, just virtue on how bad Burnley are at the moment. Fair enough. So, if Burnley currently eight points clear from Fulham in 18th, who do you think would you you think Fulham could um, Fulham could catch them, or you think West Brom, who are eleven points off them? Yeah, I know it's difficult, but um, I think Allardyce is just that for some reason he's just got some voodoo like about him. He he gets he gets teams out of there. Um, they might. It, you just have to go on two or three games without sort of losing, and it becomes uh, you know a couple of wins in there, and it just becomes really tight, and people get nervous. And yeah, I just at the moment I just can't see Burnley scoring, and if they don't score, they will lose. So that, that's basically it for me. Fair enough. Fair enough. Let's uh, let's get onto the big one then. The one, the one we've got you on for, the one you're probably waiting for. It's Manchester City versus Tottenham. Jonty, I'll let you take the floor. Okay, so for every Spurs fan, this is this could be a game a bit too soon. Um, we went through three losses uh, in a row. Um, not not brilliant performances either. Um, and then to all right, fine. We Kane comes back. Um, you know, Sun does well. We get a two 0 win at home. Fair enough. But now to play City, who are in the best form that they've been in for maybe two years. Um, to be 20 unbeaten and yeah, Gundogan and Foden are they're absolutely killing it at the moment um, I am not looking forward to this one, the only thing I can say is that yeah, our 
record against City, um, I think you mentioned uh, before we were on air, that they, um, they we haven't lost or we've done really well for them in the last three games. Um, and there's something about Spurs against City. There's something about like how we when they couldn't beat us in the Champions League a couple of years ago and um, the the game earlier on at, at home where we beat them 2-0. Um, you know, it was all City. But there's just something about when they play Spurs, uh, VAR gets involved as well, which really helps us. <laughs> um, but saying that, if Aurier plays, it could be six or seven. I like I can't <laughs> I can't go more and more on about how this guy is such a calamity. Yes, he's very good going forward and he's got a great cross on him, but he's such a calamity. His IQ must be under the three. Like it's so bad. Um, and we have this issue. Uh, we had it with Carl Walker at right back, uh, where he just didn't seem to get it. Yeah, he's got a lot of pace and strength, but his mentality is all over the place. And, and now we got it with Aurier. So I'm hoping that he doesn't play number one. And number two, uh, yeah, if we can get a draw, I'll be over the moon. But I am going for a 2-1 City win here. 2-1 City, you're going against your own team. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, yeah, City are absolutely, they're on flames at the moment, aren't they? They're on flames. Was that 10 wins on the bounce zone in all competitions? Um, yeah, they're not conceding many either. And they're scoring like they always do, just scoring well. I don't think I've got too much to add from what you said, John, to you. I mean, I've backed Spurs. I've had a little bet on Spurs both times against Man City, and I've backed you lot minus one. And I've got a real good price each time. <laughs> um, I do think Mourinho likes these sort of games. These are the ones, you know, his, his blood gets going for. And his rivalry with Pep obviously goes back to the days in Spain. So I do think this is probably his favourite three points if he gets it. Probably favourite three points versus Pep at the moment because you could say Mourinho probably fancies himself as the best manager in the world still. And I think everyone else in the world of football would fancy Pep. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go with it again. I'm going to go with Spurs to win it. I'm just going to go with Spurs 2-0 again. I think Spurs on a counter. It's a game that suits you guys. Like it's exactly what you want. You want a team to hold the ball, pass it around, pass it around. You guys break, get it to Kane. Sun off goes Sun, and then there you go. Get your chance. Um, maybe Kevin De Bruyne missing might be a factor. They played a very strong team um, today in the in the FA Cup. Uh, Sterling played. Gundogan played. Right. A lot of big guns played. So. So yeah, maybe you maybe you have a bit of legs over him. Who knows? Because Kane sat this one out, didn't he? But yeah, I'll go. I'll go with Spurs to win it. Roche. Um, City's win streak, the ten, is just in the Premier League. I think it's thirteen or fourteen or possibly fifteen in all comps. So they're even on hotter form than we thought. Um, but yeah, they are an absolute fire. I think uh, Gundogan, Foden, and Bernardo Silva have really stepped up. So that KDB's absence hasn't really been noticed. And I mean, Gundogan's probably performed better than KDB has all season, if I'm honest. Uh, it won't be said because, you know, he's not, uh, he hasn't got the same reputation as Kevin De Bruyne. But from open play, yeah, Gundogan, this last, last uh, sort of eight games or whatever it is, has been on absolute fire. Um, yeah, and they're no, they're no longer reliant on uh, Aguero. They've, you know, they've really got over that problem. 
Uh, they seem to move it around up there. Sometimes they played a false nine. Foden was sort of buzzing around there at Anfield, um, at Anfield the other day. And then he sort of switched to the the right side when Jesus came on. So, yeah, they've got a few. They've, they've got flexibility in that forward line now. So And, and it works. It works for them really well. Uh, yeah, Kieran backed Spurs the last two times. It made no sense. And then he backed the handicap. It made even less sense. And they went and win. They won the last one 2-0. And that made no sense. So uh, my head says 3-1. But then I start thinking of all this madness. And uh, I'm thinking, I've been really impressed with Lamella when he's been playing recently. And if he starts alongside Son and Kane, it could, it could be the same no-sense result and Spurs nick it somehow. It is exactly like Kieran said. This is the team that Jose wants to play against. You know, the team that will come out, high defensive line, Son's pace, gets in once and he's, he's so clinical this year. That could be, you know, that's all it takes. Um, yeah, I, I can't see it happening again. Uh, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna go um, free. I'm gonna go yeah, free one city. I think um, I think Spurs are starting to miss uh, Regulon being out. Uh, I know Los is still out, and I think there's question marks over Aurier still, Jonty. So <laughs> you might be happy about that. I think he's a fit yes. out. <laughs> um, just a quick one on Oreo, John T. Why I scratch my head. Why, how come you lot sold um, Walker Peters and then kept Oreo when no one likes Oreo? And yeah. Walker Peters looks quite decent uh, for Southampton. Yeah, I like uh, Walker Peters. Um, I mean, he was very young when he left. He's still young. He, I just think that the manager at the time didn't. Um, didn't think he, he would have stepped up. Uh, I think with Aurier, because he's got experience with PSG and he's played in the Champions League, and, you know, I, I think that was probably a better option um, just to keep him uh, for his attacking play. But from a defensive point of view, I'm happy with... Um, uh, I'm happy with anyone but Aurier, to be fair. Uh, he has made so many mistakes um and it reminds me of actually when we had gomez uh in goal about 10 years ago and he literally he must have been getting paid there's no way you can make that many mistakes here uh, <laughs> and i just think that aurier is just a big like i don't know what is going on like you you see him in um in training and you see him in the the, the dressing room and he's just like he just there's something that there's not right with the guy in it, and yeah, if we can get rid of him or pay someone to take him, I'll be happy. Chanti, <laughs> obviously, as you've probably seen, it's free all in your game, so it's absolutely going off in your FA Cup clash. Davinson Sanchez, <laughs> yeah. When does he even play? He's got two goals today. Brilliant, brilliant. Anyway, that game, I think we've uh, picked it apart. It's a hard one to call, but yeah, you two are both going Man City win, which is. Probably the likely scenario, but we'll see. Anything can happen on the day. Um, let's move on. Saturday evening, last game of the day, Brighton versus Aston Villa. Brighton, real good results lately, obviously, beating beating Liverpool, beating Tottenham. And then they got a draw after that. So, then, you know what I mean? Seven points from three games with two hardens in there. That's, that's, that's quality. Um, Villa, we all know what Villa are all about. Fast football, on the counter, overload the box. Really, really fun to watch as well. It's similar. They play similar to Leeds. Not as maybe they don't 
skip the midfield as quickly. But um, and the midfield probably don't are not as robust as as Aston Villa. Like John McGinn and they, you don't get a lot of plaudits. But he breaks everything down. I've enjoyed watching him play. He's, he's what you want for a centre midfielder. Gets the ball off the off the other midfielders. Whether he has to smash through the back of him, through the front of him, through the side of him, he puts his body on the line and he does what he needs to do. Um, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm going to go Aston Villa two nil on this. Roche. Yeah, this is this is a tough game to to um, pick apart. I think it'd be a tasty one, um, as you say. Brighton play some really good stuff, but I think Villa are quite punchy in the way they play. They don't need to dominate the ball, and they can still end up winning. Um, they're really good on the counter, but then if you do start letting them have the ball, and Grealish starts uh, getting on it around the edge of the area, he can start causing all sorts of problems. So. Um, I'm going to go with a Villa 2-1 win just because of firepower. I think Watkins is, um, you know, putting the ball in the back of the net. So is Traore chipping in as well. And obviously they've got Grealish and Barkley to chip in. Whereas I think Brighton don't have that many goal scorers. Um, they scored one against Burnley, one against us, which was, I mean, a bit comical when you see the goal. I think two people try to kick it at the same time, hits one, hits the other and goes in and scored one against Spurs, even though they had plenty of chances in that game. You know, so they're not they're not known for their goals, whereas Villa can put a few past anyone uh, on their day. Um, yeah, Brighton have had a few injuries, but for some reason they look better without them. Uh, I was really impressed with Lamptey and he's missing and so has March been missing. But that's where they've got their wins with them out the side. So I'm not sure what's going on there. I guess they play well so often that they're due a few points here and there. Um, and Villa have more or less had a fully fit squad throughout, you know, being able to rely on those those key players. Barkley was out for a little while, but apart from that, it's uh, pretty steady there with lineups, which I think is really helping them. So yeah, I'm going to go for a Villa, Villa two one with uh, Ollie Watkins the star man in this one. Well, you got it down as Jonty. I've got this down as one one just because um, I like the way that Brighton play. I think they're very defensive uh, minded when when they're organised and stuff. But um, they can keep the ball as better as better than as good as anyone. Sorry. Um, so as much, yeah, they, they lack a bit of punch. Um, they got Pascal Gross, who's their creator. They've got, um, uh, Trossard who, who can beat a man. Uh, we saw that last week and he scored. Um, and also, um, yeah, I just, I think they've, they've got enough not to lose. Um, I'm a massive fan of Jack Grealish though. I like everybody else's, um, I think he was definitely an England player. Uh, I'm not sure why he, he wasn't chosen from for Southgate um, weeks before he was actually picked. Um, so that, yeah, Villa have got a lot going for them. Um, they, they also passed the ball well, uh, as you said, similar to Leeds, but just not total football like Leeds can, can do. Um, I think uh, they'll have lots of chances, but the main sort of battle in this game is going to be Grealish um, against Basuma. I think if Basuma can can control him, uh, then it will limit Villa's attacks. But um, one moment of brilliance, and and you'll get a couple of goals for Villa. So, but I'm I'm going for one one, um, and uh, yeah, I think it'll be a tasty one. Yeah, I got a I got a prediction, um, fantasy football. 
So I've been looking at the fantasy football, obviously being on top and all that, you've got to do the research. But um, Villa, I've got Brighton, Leicester, Leeds, Wolves, Newcastle, Sheffield United, Fulham. That's their fixtures. And they've got two games in hand. against One against Everton, one against Tottenham. One of them are going out tonight. So they're going to get a double game week soon as well. They're two games behind the rest of the league. I'm going to say it's time to start getting Villa players in. And Jack Grealish is probably the guy. Ollie Watkins is obviously a very good option as well. But yeah, I'm going to say... I'm going to say Villa, our team, we've got to start looking at in the fantasy football. If you just want to get ahead of the, ahead of the curve sort of thing. But um, enough from me. Let's move on. Bring us on to Sunday. First game, Southampton versus Wolves, 12 o'clock. Mm, Southampton struggling. Lots of little injuries catching up with them now with their, with their, with their pressing football. Uh, lots of fatigue kicking in. Results going wrong. And they're struggling to hit the back of the net like they used to. Wolves, kind of similar, really. Um, poor all season, I have to say. Decent at the back, but nothing really happening up front after the main man got hurt. Still no news on when he'll be back or if he'll be back. But um, this one, I'm not really looking forward to, to be honest. I can see it being, I see it being nil-nil. And that's what I'm going to predict. Chanty. Um, yes, being... A- like Southampton play some good football. Their managers got them playing. Um, I, I was saying the like the other day, how a manager can lose nine nil twice um, and still keep his job. Like they know that he's a, he's he's someone very good. You, you know, he, I'm a big admirer of, of the manager, and I can see him being a, a top four manager in in the future. So, um, yeah, I, I think Southampton will nick this one. Um, uh, Wolves, on the other hand, yeah, they Jimenez is a massive miss. Um, Traore looks like a one-trick pony um, because he he'll beat where whoever he's got marking him, um, but just he's got no one to to put it in. Uh, no one's there to to head it in like without Jimenez. And yeah, I feel for Wolves because they're a completely different team this year. Um, Last year, they're comfortably, uh, you know, a top eight sort of side and giving the, the big teams a bit of a headache. And uh, this this season, you can just roll them over. And yeah, I think Southampton will edge it. I've gone for 2-1 um, and I think Ings will probably bag uh, at least one. Yeah, he's probably due a goal, isn't he? Uh, he's probably due a goal. Roche, what, how do you think this one will go? I'm going to go with Saints to edge it just because they do have a goal for it. Um, obviously, Danny Ings being the sole goal threat really from open play. Um, they've added Minamino, so he scored in his debut. So I'm sure he'll be um, hoping to continue that, as will the Saints fans. Um, but also, they got a set piece threat. Vestergaard's back. Ben, 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 what's his name? Benderek? Benderek. Vestergaard's back. Benderek's back. Um, and those two have been a problem at set pieces before obviously Vestergaard got injured. So I think that will that will give them something. Um, yeah, I mean, they have had a lot of injuries. They, I think Walcott and Armstrong are out in terms of first teamers, but I think a few of them have come back. So that'll be a big boost. Didn't really help against Newcastle. Uh, I think Southampton were quite poor, if I'm honest, in that game. They, were, they ended up playing against nine and they still balls it up. Um, so yeah, that wasn't great. Uh, Wolves are just really blunt, really, really blunt. Um, 
you know, Neto's doing, playing fairly well. Um, Podence, when I see him, I think he's playing fairly well. But there's just no one to put the ball in the back of the net. So, yeah, 2-1 Southampton. I think Wolves are just going to get a goal somewhere. But I don't know. It could easily be 2-0, but I'll go 2-1. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a tricky one, but both teams are form, but overall. 4-3. Oh. oh, no, Everton have scored. Suddenly, nobody, nobody knows how to score a goal. And he scored two. Yeah, nobody on this Zoom call wants to see Everton winning bloody hell. Um, all right, let's move on anyway to something probably just as dull. We've got West Brom versus Man United at 2 p.m. I mean, it's not going to be dull because of United. It's going to be dull because of Sam Allardyce. Big game. It's going to park up the bus. Probably go 1-0 down and play for the 1-0. Once that second goal goal goes in, West Brom tend to just quit. They know they're done. They haven't got they haven't got much to offer. Pereira is obviously the standout performer for West Brom so far this season. Good little player here. He, he's the one that's capable of beating a man or even two. And... Uh, making something happen, but I don't think anyone else in the team has got that sort of belief. Um, Man United, on the other hand, I don't think we need to say too much. Doing well. Doing very well. Yeah, sitting, sitting in second still, but falling off the pace now, and only one win in their last four. So, it's going to be a challenge for them to catch up with Man City. Well, they're five points behind and Man City got the game in hand. But they, they're good for the second as it stands. They've um, they've won where they've had to. You know, I mean, they've they've got enough goals in them. Their away form has been tremendous, so they they deserve to be where they are. And I can't see West Brom giving them too many headaches. To be honest, Maguire and Lindelof at the back will deal with anything. West Brom try and chuck at set pieces. Uh, Wamba Saka's not going to let anyone go by him. Luke Shaw seems to be. A man has turned up after being lost for seven years. Um, McTominay, I think he's been. I think he's been really good. I think he's been really, really good. Energetic, puts his body on the line again. He is a Man United. He's a, he feel, you can see he's a Man United guy, and he's going to be there for a long time. And then they got the firepower up front. Obviously, Bruno Fernandes with danger from set pieces and just creativity. Um, Rashford, obviously. On very good form. Um, I think Pogba's injured for this one. I said he's out for a few weeks. I'm not sure if that will affect them too much. Because uh, Man United's good form started when he was out of the team. So I don't think that would be too much of a problem. I'm going to go for an easy Man United 3 0 win. Over to you. Um, yeah, I, I would agree with the scoreline. 3 uh, 0, I've got written down. Fernandez, Rash, and the ref is underlined. Um, I think. Fernandez is such a big part of Man United's team. Um, everything again will go through him. He'll take all set pieces, but he's he's probably like a, a captain in the making for them as well. He like everybody believes in his ability. Every if he wants to to have the the game in a certain way, if he wants to put a bit of an injection in there, or if he wants to calm it down, I think everybody follows suit. Um, really impressed with Fernandez. Uh, as everyone is. Um, Rashford has got that raw ability um, as well. You can just see even the way he, he's got some real techers as well, the way he crosses the ball or shoots. He's um, he's a really exciting player. And uh, yeah, Fernandez and Rashford for me uh, will be the difference. Um, uh, again, for a 3-0 win, 
yeah, Pogba is out. Um, so he's linked up well with with both of them. Um, but uh, yeah, West Brom uh, won't have anything for the way that United are feeling at the moment. Um, if they can keep it nil nil at half time, okay, you may get a, a one or a two nil to United, but this is just going one way for my for me. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you, lads. There, um, I've got four nil United. I think Big Sam hasn't made any change at West West Brom at all. Um, they've got the worst form in the league. They've conceded about fifteen more than the second worst defense in the league. I think they're over what they're fifty near fifty five now. They've conceded. Um, you know where other teams that are doing bad are on that thirty eight conceded around that. So. Pretty terrible defensively, which you'd think would change with Big Sam. They've brought five people in in January. I'm, I'm just not sure about that. I, I don't see where, you know, and a lot of those players are from abroad. I know they, um, they got Maitland Niles on, in on loan, but apart from that, um, you know, I, I can't see those signings settling in, and having enough time to make a massive change, just like uh, Big Sam hasn't made a big change. But yeah, well, United will have too much pace and quality, I think. And I think they'll just wear them down once they get the first, the floodgates will open. Um, one thing going for West Brom that I don't think any other manager has got, every single player's fit in the squad. Yeah, that doesn't happen often, especially in this season. Um, I mean, United have got Pogba, as you said, Kieran, but I think I said a few weeks ago when Tua was on that McTominay and Fred are, you know, the best um, for United starting uh, in midfield, obviously with Bruno ahead of them, but them two um, work really well. McTominay, I, I think he's a good player. I know he hasn't got the um, reputation or maybe the silky touches and it doesn't look as fluid as Pogba on the ball, but I think he's a lot more effective than Pogba and he influences the game a lot more and he's adding goals to his game. So um, I think United have, have got a player on their hands there. Um, they've had quite a bit of success with the academy and I think they needed it because surely they would have gone broke otherwise. Uh, Greenwood, Rashford and McTominay all coming into the team and doing really well. Um but yeah, this uh, in terms of fantasy though, Rash, Rashford and Bruno, I'd say for this game, and maybe one of the fullbacks. Although they don't get that many assists, so I wouldn't be in a rush to put them in. But yeah, Rashford, Bruno, they're the guys, isn't they, for United? Yeah, they certainly are doing the business this year. All right, let's move on to the to the Gunners home game at four thirty on Sunday, playing against Leeds. I mean, this is going to be a good game, isn't it? Um, well, 20 years ago, this was a top-of-the-table clash. Now it's a, a mid-table clash. It's, it's, been a, it's been a roller coaster for both teams, really. And I'm, I'm struggling. I'm struggling with this game. I'm not too sure how it's going to go. I mean, Arsenal preferred to play on the counter early in the season. And Leeds obviously like to break very quickly as well. Um, Arsenal's team news it looks like Tierney's still out he likes to stand out in the snow probably needs to dress up a bit warmer next time because since he's done that he's been missing uh, <laughs> um, Bamiang still looks like he's out but I'm not too sure on that one any news on Bamiang Roche? No I think Bamiang's back I think he was on the bench last game um, I think it's Partey might be out though 
Uh, I think he went. He, I think he hobbled off in their last game against Villa, so he might be a doubt. So uh, yeah, games coming so thick and fast, you pick up an injury, even a little one, you're more than likely to miss one or two games. Uh, yeah, as you say, yeah. two out as well, okay. big blow. Say that again, uh, As you said, Tierney's still out, um, but Louise and Leno are back from suspension. Yeah, a couple of injuries for um, for Leicester as well. I think Rodrigo's out. I think Calvin Phillips is out. If Calvin Phillips doesn't play, I think Leeds will be turned over, personally. But saying that, I'm struggling to see where the Arsenal goals come from. I mean, Saka's been great lately. Everyone's really enjoying watching him play. And it's a bit of a... Breath of fresh air at Arsenal. Really, they needed that, didn't they? Something different, someone young. <sighs> what do I go for here? I guess I'm going to go for an Arsenal 2-1 win. Jonty, your rivals. Yeah. How do you um, feel about their game? I think, I mean, yeah, I've said it before, how how much time I've got for Bielsa and the way he's going to set up. Um, I think it may backfire if the youngsters at Arsenal are, are going to give it um, you know, their best shot, Saka, Smith-Rowe, even um, the, the youngster from uh, Madrid. Um, if he can if he can come in and um, and perform, um, I think they'll get at Arsenal, uh, get at Leeds, sorry. Um, but there's goals written all over this game in, in terms of how open the game is going to be played. Um, I'm going for 2-2, um, but Aubameyang really needs to step up uh, he's the club captain. He needs to come in and and really um, get his, you know, be vocal and just have a couple more shots. Like they're they they're not really shooting too much. Uh, Arsenal they're passing it around the box. Um, Pepe's showing glimpses of something, uh, but seventy odd million is an absolute joke um, for him anyway. Um, so no, I, I'm going for two two, but I, I'm seeing Bamford and Rafinha. Um, banging in a couple and then if uh, the youngsters are up for it Saka uh, and maybe Smith-Rowe will maybe get the other goals Yeah I'm with you I'm with you John T. I see this as a bit of a goals galore and a two-all draw um, I think if Tierney's out I think Arsenal will struggle to create and add tempo to their game I think he injects a lot of pace into their game he almost forces it people can't um, can't can't play at that label pace because he'll be making those runs and they got to make the pass. Um, whereas Leeds, obviously, they always they always play at pace. Um, there's no there's no two ways about it. I think Leeds' goal uh, difference will remain the same, which is zero at the moment. They've conceded 38, scored 38, which is probably a bit crazy for this stage of the season. But yeah, I mean. They have been good at times. I'm not saying that I totally unenjoy watching them, but I just think they've got. Maybe I feel like they could do better um, at times. Then, if they're not just so gung ho, but then it, it takes away another element of their game. So I guess you can't have it all. Um, they've done really well for a team coming up as well. I, I acknowledge that because coming out of the championship, it's a different different um, level, the Premier League. So they've done really well. But as Kieran said, I think they will miss Phillips. I feel like he's the calm in all the crazy at Leeds in the middle of the pitch. I feel like he organises it. He, you know, dictates the play, makes sure that it's not going over the top crazy. Um, so, yeah, he'll be a big miss. But I'll go for the two-all draw still. Yeah, he's, he's a good player, that Phillips. All right, let's move on. Um, last game of Sunday is Everton versus Fulham. 
earlier in the season, Everton absolutely smashed Fulham in the first half and the commentators were piling into them, absolutely piling into them. But fair play to Fulham. I think they're 3-0 down at half-time. But fair play to Fulham. They come out in the second half and they pulled it back to 3-2 and they missed a pen in that as well. So that showed some courage. And they did actually, since then, they haven't been too bad. They haven't got smashed too many times. They've picked up good points. A lot of draws. A lot of draws. But in the Premier League, you've got to keep it tight at the back. And they've they've improved in that department. So fair play to them. But I think they might come unstuck here against Everton. Everton are, Everton are doing what they need to do. They keep doing it. And I'm going to put Everton to win. Um, late winner from Dominic Calvert-Lewin. 2-1, I'm going for. I think... Um... I'm not sure, but Dominic Calvert-Lewin, I think, limped off tonight. I'm, I think it may just be a precaution or a knock. Um, but, yeah, that'll be a big miss for the weekend and the double game week for us fantasy players. Uh, if he is actually out, I'm sure we'll hear about that sort of tomorrow or the next day. But, yeah, I think Fulham will give a good account for themselves. And I think they have done since that game, since that. I think that was a little bit of a turning point against Everton where they were really rubbish that first half they were terrible again and then they managed to turn it on in the second half and put in some good performances not collecting the points though I think they just lack the attacking threat um, they've brought in they've brought in um, my is it major Maya from uh, on loan from France and um, yeah they'll be hoping that can give them a bit of a threat uh, talking of threats, Harry Kane's just equalised for Spurs, so it's four all. Uh, Mental. Eight, eight, yeah. goals, eight goals in the game, eh? Crazy. Wow. Yeah, what a game. Anyway, uh, back to Everton. Fulham. Everton, Everton, I think, will just be clinical. Uh, hopefully defending better than they have done tonight. But, yeah, I think Fulham, Fulham do give them a good account, but they're just not clinical enough, too wasteful. And yeah, I mean, Dominic Calvert-Lewin will be a big blow if he misses the game, but I still think they've got enough to nick this 2-1. Fair enough. John T, how'd you see it, mate? Um, yeah, comfortable home win. Um, I think Luca Dean, since he's been back, has been brilliant. Um, I think he sets up a lot. Um, he gets up the flanks. He's Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a very good left wing back. Um, uh, and yeah, the way DCL is playing at the moment, um, if he isn't injured... I think he'll grab a couple of goals. Um, yeah, I like the way that um, Ancelotti, he's, he's remained uh, the Italian defensive type, but he's got players at the club, even Sigurdsson, to come off the bench and open it up. Um, so, yeah, uh, I'm going for 2-0 uh, Everton. Uh, Fulham, yeah, they just they don't have enough. Um, if, if they do score early on, um, we'll see how it pans out. Um, but... On this showing, Everton getting four goals um, against Spurs at the moment, uh, you can only see um, it going one way. So, yeah, 2 0 Everton. Fair enough, mate. And then let's get on to the last two games off the, off the game week. Um, we've got West Ham versus Sheffield United. As I said, Ogbonna came off the other day, yesterday, in fact, uh, in the FA Cup clash against United. So, that'll be a loss. And Sheffield United is still rooted bottom of the league, but pick, starting to pick up points now. Um, yeah, if I want to don't play, 
I fancy Sheffield United to get a draw here. Um, I mean, Antonio is a question mark as well around his fitness. They're saying he might not be might not be fit. Um, so it's going to be one of those games, isn't it? Six o'clock on Monday. No one's probably going to watch it, and it'll probably be not a bit of a non-event. I'll go for a one-all draw here, guys. Yeah, I think um, I think you're right about that. Don't think everyone will be rushing to finish work on Monday to uh, watch it, even though the commute is from, uh, you know, probably the bedroom or the living room to the front room. I don't think anyone's going to be in a rush. Um, as you said, Ogbonna went off. I think Diop went off and Yarmolenko went off injured as well. So they picked up a few knocks in that game, um, as well as the Antonio one that you said. I think it will be interesting to see what um, condition the players are in. Uh, I think West Ham will have the better of this game. I think they'll dominate probably a bit strong. Um, I think they will have the better of it. But Sheffield United will do what they do. They'll fight. They'll keep They'll keep it tight and try and move the ball well when, when they do have the ball. But ultimately, I think Sheffield United are very blunt in front of goal. Uh, they often score one here, one there. Sometimes it's a penalty or a set-piece scramble. Uh, West Ham have got a couple of goals in them here and there. But yeah, I'm going for the 1-0 West Ham boring win. Um, definitely not watching it. Yeah, I have to agree. Um, I think we're all on the same sort of same level here that you know, West Ham uh, have got players. They even got players like Lanzini, who doesn't really play that much, um, who can turn a game and stuff. So they've got they've got good players in in the squads. Socek is obviously um, not suspended for the fantasy managers. Um, he'll probably pop up with a an 89th minute header at the back post. Um, Antonio is a blow. Um, he's he's playing well. He's as strong as anyone in 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 the prem. Um, he's got he's got good pace on him, so uh, I'm not sure who's going to fill his boots basically. But um, yeah, I'm going for a two 0 West Ham win. Sheffield United have nothing going forward. Um, Burke is is the man that they're playing at the moment. McGoldrick's on the bench. Uh, Brewster's on the bench. Um, they don't have any goals in them. It looks like um, they do fight hard. But they do do show quite a bit of fight as well, which is impressive. Um, but it's just not good enough. Um, and along with probably Fulham and West Brom, they're just going to get tucked this weekend. So it's pretty, I think the bookies might get best as well, you know. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Okay, everyone going for a West Ham win there. Um, the last game of the, like the set of 10, the reason why we're doing 10 listeners is because we do a weekly competition on who gets the most uh, points. Uh, predicting the, the scores so the last game of the week is uh, Chelsea versus Newcastle I can see this going one way unfortunately for the Geordies um, Thomas Tuchel's come in was a draw first game and won the next two um, one goal conceded which is the own goal by Rudiger so immediately I think that's better than Lampard uh, Lampard lost this game last year I think 1-0 to Newcastle which is a bit of a shocker. It might have been in the reverse fixture, the away leg. But but either way, this I don't think Tuchel will be will let his team slip up like that. Werner's got two assists the other day, so we might be seeing something from him finally. You know, fair enough, you know what I mean? The guy's just come to the country. 
in a new team, now a new manager. So there's a few things going against him. And a lot of Chelsea players for that fact as well. Now they've got a proper manager, I do expect them to kick on for the remainder of the season and beyond. But I'll go with... Uh, I'm going to go with them to score a couple in this. I'm going to go to... I'm going to go to 3-0. 3-0 Chelsea. John T, what you got? I'm, I'm of the same. I've got 2-0 Chelsea. Um, they're going to have 70-plus possession. Um, they were lacking, lacking a bit of cutting edge for the for two two girls like first couple of games I think Werner is definitely going to come into it now um, you said he's got the two assists in the last game and he's getting a lot more time on the ball um, as well uh, so I think yeah he's he's going to make a big difference um, question marks over Ziyech and Chilwell um, where is Ziyech and why don't they play Chilwell um, I really don't know um, I know Alonso has his um you know, he's got some good points about him. He's, he's tall, he's, he's strong, he's got a great left foot. But Chilwell is awesome, an awesome left back. Um, that A lot of that, he gets a lot of assists. And I think even you, Kier, had him in your team in the beginning of the season and he was getting you a lot of points. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, just a big question mark over that. Um, Mount has kicked on a notch as well. I think Mount is is a really, really good player. Um, he was left out of the first game um, that Tuchel had uh, charge of. Um, and now he's basically saying, no, nah, you need to start me. This is how good I am. Um, and he really takes the, the game. So um, I think from a fantasy point of view, I've put in Alonso. And of course, I did him straight away. And Chilwell played in that game. Uh, I'll play for three games. But um, I've gone for Alonso in my team. Um, but you may be able to, to get James... Uh, in his role in your team and get an assist. Um, so a comfortable 2-0 win for Chelsea. Um, probably uh, Mount and um, and Werner with the goals. Yeah, I'd say I'd say yeah, Tuchel's still finding his best team, isn't he? Um, no, they've got they've got so many players though. They have so many good players. Um, so I guess we we still have to give it a couple of weeks. But Roshan, what you, what you got down for this? Yeah, I see Chelsea winning this one 4-1. Um, I just see a totally dominant display again from Chelsea, as, as we've seen in the last few games. I think uh, Jorginho could be one to get in the fantasy teams. Uh, he's really cheap. I think he's 4.7 or something, around that price anyway. But he's pivotal to the ball retention that uh, Tuchel likes. Um, yeah, Werner, as you said, he's got a few assists now in the last couple of games. So he... I fancy him to get off the mark. I think there's a little doubt over fitness because he had um eye strapped to his fire when he came off from the last game. But I think the way Tuchel was talking about him uh, in one of the press conferences, I think it was today, he was saying about his movement, good runs and stuff like that. So I think he likes him. Um, yeah, Mount and Hudson-Odoi have been really good under Tuchel as well. Um, and as you guys said, there's you know they've got so many options in their team. I think people questioning team selection at the moment is a bit bit premature, just because he's he's got to find out who can deliver for him in the games, and the only way to do that is by putting them in games. He doesn't have friendlies to find that out. So yeah, I mean Alonso, Chilwell, Alonso's been very good in the back five system under Conte, so I can see why he's getting picked as a left wing back. Maybe if it was a left back, then you'd have Chilwell all day, every day. Um, yeah, but Newcastle, 
The only reason I've gone four one is because uh, Saint Maximilian is back. Is that what's his name? Saint, what's his name? Ma- Maximilian. Uh, the only reason I've gone four one is because Saint Maximilian's back and he's capable of making anything happen. So I can see Newcastle getting a consolation, uh, but another team with an injury crisis. Um, They've only got fit, three fit defenders in Dummett, Kraft and Lewis. Two of them are fullbacks. And that's probably likely to see Hayden dropped into centre-back from centre-midfield. But yeah, Fernandez, Clark, Manquillo, Shah and Lascelles all out. Uh, I mean, I think it's becoming a little bit of a reoccurring theme now with the injuries in these teams that are sort of in the second half of the table, they seem to have quite a lot. I think their small squads are really getting tested now, whereas, you know, someone with the squad of Chelsea size, you know, Thiago got injured last game. I think Havertz might have a knock, might still be out, but you don't. they don't even feel it, you know. They've got the players to just come in and um, replace them with the same sort of quality. And obviously a big blow in Wilson getting injured in the last game. I think if he is out, then... They better hope it's not a long one because, yeah, I mean, it's a bit of... You have one one guy back in St. Maximum... How was his name? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, St. Maximum. And then you, on the other hand, you have Wilson taken away from you. So it's like you're not really getting anywhere and it must be frustrating for the manager. So, yeah, with all those uh, injuries at the back, I think Chelsea could have a field day. And, yeah, Werner could be a... A uh, player to keep in your fantasy if you've had him in recently. Yeah, yes, I think yeah, I think everyone's uh, agreed on a a Chelsea win there, and then that that brings it up to Monday and on the Tuesday. Obviously, Champions League's back uh, on the Tuesday, Wednesday, as well as some midweek Premier League fixtures. So there's there's a lot there's a lot to come over the next what seven seven days. Yeah, plenty of action. Um, hopefully, plenty of goals and and uh, plenty of good, good results. But um, guys, I think I think we leave it there. I think that was a that was fun. Um, I'm looking forward to the Champions League coming back. Actually, it's been Premier League, Premier League, Premier League every other day. It's, and Liverpool's form obviously has put me in a bit of a in a downer. But uh, <laughs> be nice to have the Champions League back. Get old biggies back. That'd be good. But um, John T, thank you very much for joining us, mate. I know uh, Tottenham were playing tonight and you've missed a four-all. <laughs> but uh, yeah, thank you very much for joining. It's good to have you on. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Um, yeah, I know I missed a four-four, but you know what? This is just as good catching up with you guys. It's been great, man. Thank you. Yeah, no, no. It's good catching up, man. I do look forward to uh, all these lockdowns ending as um, do all of us, I'm sure. Roche, Another good episode. Um, we will all catch you soon. Thank you guys for listening. Um, and don't forget to check us out on the social medias, insideforward.co.uk. Uh, podcast available on iTunes, Spotify, and the website as well. So listen up, follow up, and thanks again. Catch you soon. Bye-bye.